Have you ever woken up one day and thought to yourself, geez, I wonder what it might be like to live as a sex worker? <laughs> I have. Well, welcome to Babe. It's Sean. All right, all right, all right, all right. Don't get into a panic. Please remain calm. I'm not becoming a sex worker. I just, the other day, was driving to work, and I was thinking to myself, I really, really, really do not want to go to work today. Uh, I had a task to do that was rather thankless and uh, not very gratifying and sort of horrible and unthinkable. Let's just, I'm going to use all these really, I'm going to use hyperbole. And then I thought, well, you know what? They're paying me. This is called a job. It's work. The old school mentality is that you don't have to love your job all the time, that work is work and, you know, just suck it up and go. They're going to pay you. I'll tell you what, you work and I'll pay you. But isn't it supposed to be gratifying and make you feel wonderful? And uh, I feel like I'm really contributing to society and and I'm just doing good in the world. But then I thought, like, this is what a prostitute must feel like when she's banging someone that she's really, really not attracted to. Like, just sort of that old saying, lie back and think of England, <laughs> which is a great saying. I used to use that saying uh, when I thought about exercise. Like, you just have to do it. You don't have to love it. You just have to lie back and think of England, which is a, a quote from... One Lady Hillingdon's journal that she wrote in 1912, and the quote is, When I hear his steps outside my door, I lie down on my bed, open my legs, and think of England. Oh, it sounds so awful, but it kind of talks about that wifely duty, and what, you know, what do you think of? You think of loyalty to the country, how beautiful England is, um, that, you know, just think of something else while you're doing it. And I was thinking about, like, all right, Sean, you're going to go there, and you're just going to lie back open your legs and think of England. And it got me through the day. And I actually had a good day, which surprised me. But it got me thinking about, do we really love what we do? Like, okay, so let's go back to being a sex worker. A sex worker, which we used to call like a whore or a prostitute or a hooker or maybe a porn star. I guess it's not politically correct to say whore, <laughs> which they say it a lot on the Golden Girls are slut I miss slut, you guys. But anyway, we say sex worker. So somebody who has sex for money, uh, they're probably not going to be into every person that they're having sex with, right? So they have to realize I'm doing this for money. And while I was driving to work, I really thought, am I no better than a whore right now? I'm, I'm taking money to do something I really don't want to do. It's not every day. Don't get me wrong. I love my job. However, there are tasks at my job that really leave me feeling empty. So I thought, you're a whore. So I'm driving to work thinking, you know, lie back and think of England. You're nothing but a slut. You're a whore for money. You'll do anything for money. But then I thought about what money provides for me and my family. Like, we get to live in a nice house with really great woodwork. We get to live near the Elmwood Village, which is, uh, you know, I told you Buffalo has two cool streets and it's one of the two. Hurdle being the new Elmwood. And I don't know, it, it, you quarrel with me on that, if you will. Is there a third cool street that I don't know about? But I think that uh, we, we all do jobs that we don't love. We've all had jobs. Think of your first job. What was your first job. My first job was a counselor at a Jewish day camp. 
I really wanted the sleepover camp, Lakeland, and I wasn't Jewish either, but I was sort of like a, I don't know, I just, I just loved, I loved the Judaica that people displayed at camp. And so I was a camp counselor. I think I made $30 a summer and uh, I really learned to boondoggle and spin art and string art and hodgepodge. And we had a talent show and I was, I sure was share in that talent show was like a little mini drag show that I, my 13 year old self turned this into. And uh, it's funny when we were registering for our wedding registry, we were at Williams Sonoma and having a gale time. And the woman behind the counter looked really familiar to me. And I said, did you ever, were you ever a, a counselor at Happy Land Day Camp? And she said, oh my God, Sean Doyle. I always wondered what had become of you. <laughs> I said, well, I'm, I'm a gay man getting married. Did that pop into your head? And she's like, yeah, it did. It definitely did. Because the share incident, I think, took everyone by surprise. I actually got into Dragon and Outhouse. What am I talking about right now? Lie back and think, a slut or doing job. My first job, yes. So what was your first job? Obviously, well, I really liked being a camp counselor. I thought that was fun. Uh, I was a counselor in training, a CIT, if you will. And I, I loved it. But I had aspirations. I wanted to be an Imagineer at Disney World. I always wanted to work at Disney World. And uh, that was uh, something that I was consumed with for years. But as I grew older, I wanted to be in theater, theatrical uh, performances, backstage stuff, costumes, wigs, sets. Uh, I, I loved it all. And so I went to college for theater. I started off as music performance and then musical theater. And then somehow I said, fuck you to music and just got into theater, the theater department. So um, that's the, the path that I chose. But I was really passionate about theater. And, you know, my life is theatrical to this day. However, I'm not the, the, the lead in any show. I'm not working at a theater of any kind. Uh, I've incorporated much of it into my life. But when I think about what I'm passionate about, what I would do for free even I think I'm passionate about theater I I love everything about it I love going to musicals I'm a, a show queen for sure as is my husband Eric we're constantly singing lines from different Broadway shows we are um, the gayest of the gays and so I'm not backstage either, and, and I'm not working costumes and wigs, which is something I did at Disney. Uh, so I got to, to live out my passion at that point. Uh, I really think that not a lot of us are doing either what we went to school for or what our passion is. So I was thinking today, what is your passion? What are you passionate about? How are you creative? What If you were given your druthers, what would, what would you do even for free? Like, even if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do for free because you love it so fucking much? Another thing I'm really passionate about is adoption. And I'm lucky enough to be uh, working kind of per diem for uh, the adoption agency that we adopted Jack through. And I am, I'll take some money, sure, but I, I love it very much. I want to be a part of this organization. I'm passionate about children being led to their forever families. And so I'm passionate 
passionate about that. And oh, I love to travel. I love I love the weird parts of travel. Like I like packing. I like I like setting up the environment when we get into a hotel or into a, a space. Like I'm going to put my cologne here, and I'm going to put my brush here. I'm going to put my pills over here. Like just setting it up, making it my own. I used to actually put pictures on the wall. I love travel. I love reading about new places. I'm passionate about these things. What I'm not passionate about is, let's say, hypothetically, doing a training or a presentation for a group of people who are on their phones or sleeping or shooting you dirty looks or asking questions like, when is this going to end? Or we need more candy at our table. My friend Kelly calls it the Kit Kat training, because one time I was doing a training on speaking up for on social issues. It was sort of a diversity training, and it was a, a, a video, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say, it was a video presentation called Ouch, Your Silence Hurts. Mm-hmm. They name these things so well. So, ouch, your silence hurts. And uh, we were watching it, and at the end, you have people of every race, every nationality, begging the audience to speak up. Speak up, because you would want someone to do it for you. Speak up, because it's the right thing to do. Speak up. Speak up. So, it ends, and it's quiet, and I said, does anybody have any thoughts on this? And one of my trainees said, yeah, I'm about to speak up. We ought to kick cats at this table. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit. I'm going to throw myself out the window and I'm going to cry all the way home. And you're never going to see me again. <laughs> so I make sure I have enough Kit Kats because that's really what my training is about. Kit Kats. I once got some feedback at a training saying, get bigger cups. These cups don't quench nothing. So I guess people are thirsty during training and they want more beverage in their cup. So when I'm driving to do one of these trainings and and uh, I'm thinking maybe not so positively, I feel like I feel like I'm taking money to do something that is just ridiculous and redundant and and futile, like maybe a slut. A paid slut. Now, sluts that, that just do it for free, I also have great admiration for for them, but that's probably a whole different episode. So anyway, what are you passionate about? I'm reading a book. I'm actually reading two books at once. Look at me. Let's okay, let's pretend I'm the teacher and you are in my class right now. And the first book is called The Artist's Way. Are you familiar with The Artist's Way? It's been around for, I think, 20 years or more. The Artist's Way is by Julia Cameron. And uh, the book proposes that inside of you, sweetie, inside of you, banal and boring, lives an artist, and that it's our limiting beliefs about ourselves that stop the writer, uh, the poet, the blogger, the singer, the actor, the dancer. Uh, and I, I want to say, like, even the trainer, maybe, um, the, the wig maker, the costumer, the, the connector. I feel like I'm a connector, maybe. I connect people. Uh, but anyway, it's trapped in there. So two of the solutions in this uh, f- sort of finding your creative passion are morning pages, which are it's journaling. And I'm really good at journaling. <laughs> I'm not. I actually suck at it. I, I stop and start and stop and start, much like recording a podcast, because I'm, I feel like someone's going to unearth it years later and read it all. Like, read my journal, and they're going to find out that I'm super boring or that, you know, I had, you know, thoughts that 
would result in me being institutionalized. So morning pages are three pages of uh, stream of consciousness. So it could be, I feel fat, I feel fat, I feel fat. Do I smell bacon? I love bacon. I also didn't know that the show Hee Haw was an hour long. Don't you remember it being a half an hour long? I just found this out recently. So stream of consciousness is just that. And in your journaling, you don't show anybody your morning pages. They're to be done in the morning, which poses a problem for me. Uh, Because I'd have to get my ass up at about 2 a.m. to be writing in that book. So morning pages uh, unlock some of this. You start to find trends and you see things and you just wrote something that unlocks the key to your creativity. So morning pages. Now Jackson gets up at about 5.30, 6 o'clock. So I actually was sitting today thinking like, what if I was that guy? Like (sighs) up at four, splash a little water on my face, grab a cup of coffee, go out to the front porch. I'm lucky enough to have a really nice front porch with a table and chairs out there. And uh, I have my journal, my Moleskine journal that I bought at Target. And I have my favorite pen and I'm just going to do my morning pages. And then when I come back in, the guys will still be sleeping, of course. And uh, I'll hear that first rustle (laughs) of Jackson waking up. That is not how this shit goes down at all. I am asleep with a CPAP machine strapped to my face. And Jackson starts screaming, da, 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 daddy, at 530. And I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck me. No, fuck. It's over. And one of us goes to get him and changes his diaper and brings him back into bed. But he's no longer asleep. He's like, wakey, wakey, wake, wake up, daddy, wake up, wake up. And uh, I'm awake now. And so, so it begins. So it's really, morning pages are hard to do. I've got this great journal. What is in it, though, will remain a mystery to my listeners. (laughs) But... I believe in morning pages. And the other thing is taking yourself out on an artist's date. Believe me, I have no trouble with this part. If I can find alone time to take myself anywhere, I'm going. I will go eat alone at a restaurant. I will go to the movies by myself. I'll go to the art gallery by myself. I'll take a nature walk by myself. I made that one up because I don't take nature walks, but I know I should. The artist's way tells me that I should. And... In that, you find out more about yourself. And as I'm reading the chapters and doing the weeks, and I want to thank my friend Nikki for inspiring me to do these morning pages together and to sort of work on this together. She is a full-blown artist, and I believe that Nikki is living her dream. She does what she's passionate about. She works at the Crystal Bridges Art Museum in Arkansas and was there since its inception, since it was a construction site, and she curated the museum. She's been a director at the museum. Uh, She travels doing presentations about excellent customer service in a museum. She... Museum is like church to her, and I really appreciate that. And is that my passion? Oh, could Nikki's passion be my passion? I, I'm envious of her. I really am. And I, so the artist date has you going places, seeing like a foreign film at midnight, or, you know, waking up and seeing the sunrise over Haleakala Mountain, like shit, like I can't do because I live in Buffalo, New York, but it's these magical experiences, and they have to be alone. I think I've told you I am. It takes like cervical spinal fusion and discectomy to get me some alone time around here or uh, my beloved pink eye, which was the day my father broke his hip. So my pink eye spectacular was uh, ended abruptly, suddenly 
by my father's broken hip. So I need like illness to take me down to get me a little time alone. Or if Eric is working late, then I have like an hour of time like I do right now. So uh, an artist date. I actually one time told Eric for my own sanity, my darling husband, I am leaving this house and I am driving to Ellicottville, New York, which is a it's a ski town. But in the summer, it's a an adorable little village for rich people to go around and buy beautiful pottery and things and and uh, have dinner and maybe they go out drinking a little bit and there's summer activities. I said, I'm going to Ellicottville to see the rich people and I'm going to stay overnight at the inn and I'm going to get up and eat breakfast by myself and I will be home when you guys get home from school and work. And he was looking at me like I had a dick growing out of my forehead. Like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I said, do I have a dick growing out of my forehead? I'm telling you, I need time alone. I need time all by myself. I brought books that I hadn't looked at. I brought my laptop. I watched the movie The Red Balloon. Remember that one? Shown at Happy Land Day Camp on an 8mm or 16mm projector. I had a great dinner by myself, and I felt the need to like explain to the waitress, like, I actually have a family at home. I'm not really by myself, but doing this thing. because I. So I feel like I was on an artist date. I had breakfast at a great place in the morning. I went swimming by myself in, uh, oh, you should see my bathing suit, too. Target sells it. It's got kitty cats all over it. And it's pictures of photos of kitty cats that you might see on a meme, maybe, but it's just kitty after kitty. It's the ugliest bathing suit a man or any human could ever wear. But the fact that it's, they sell it as a men's bathing suit is hysterical to me. And I, I want to swim every day because I want people to see how ugly. And I'm going to wear it until they're going to bury me in this thing. It's, that's how ugly it is. I just love it. It's similar to like the, the wolf crying out to the, to the moon shirt that you'd buy on an Indian res. It's got that feel to it. Like, you like me kitties? So I was in Ellicottville. I feel like I was an art, on an artist date. So an artist date is morning pages. There's morning pages in the artist way. And then there's the artist date. And uh, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm starting to figure out what my passion is. I'm not telling you, but it's, it's starting. And I will say it's no surprise to me at all. I think it's been, like I said, well, okay, so here's what it is. I'm going to tell you. It is theater. I love theater. I would be thrilled to comb wigs for a show uh, for all day long. Set the wig, comb the wig, fit the wig. Is it a lace front wig? I love wigs. Costumes. Costumes are something I also love to do. Um, I did costumes at Disney, which was incredible. Uh, I got to work with some amazing... I got to work with a guy who won a, uh, an Emmy for his costumes for the Christmas Parade, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Parade, alongside an Emmy winner I worked. It's an environment that I feel comfortable in, even though I wasn't performing. So here's what... They call it shadow artist in the book. Even though I wasn't performing, which is what I went to school for, I was sort of ancillary theater. Like, I'm the backstage guy, but I always wanted to be on stage. It should be me. I remember wanting to sing at a lot of these shows and thinking, oh, my God, I could sing this part for sure. But, you know, I'm just not the right type or, you know, I'm too lazy or I'm still drunk from the night before. <laughs> One of those things. But I, I was sort of an ancillary sort of shadow artist. And now... I feel like as a 47-year-old, I sing jazz. I am, I'm in front. I get to do something I'm passionate about. I don't get to make a living from it, though. And 
it poses the question, what you make a living at, is, is that really going to be your passion? Or are you just going to be like the sex worker? That's not, that doesn't define who they are. It's just how they make their money. So this is how I make my money. And again, don't get me wrong. I love my boss. I love my job. I'm very lucky to have the job that I do. But there are times where it's a soulless experience. And I'm sure you can all relate to that. And again, I got to lie back and take it take a bang in. And that's honestly what people have been doing for centuries. You, you go to work, you clock in, you work in a steel mill, it's hot, it's awful, you clock out, and then you put dinner on the table for your family. So it's not like revolutionary. Maybe we're not all supposed to be living the dream all the time, but I get little pockets of, of living my passion. So the artist's way is, is helping me sort of figure out what I'm passionate about. And I'm, I'm lucky because I've been able to surround myself with little, little mini, mini passions. Do you remember there used to be a, a soap opera called Passions, which I thought was such a funny, funny name. And I remember we were watching a talk show and they were asking the ladies on the talk show what their favorite soap opera was. And the woman looked at the camera and said, Passions! I mean, like with so much lust in her heart for this show. And uh, so whenever I see the word passion or hear passions, I think passions. Mm -hmm. So what are your passions? That's the question. And um, I feel like I can sing a gig, a jazz gig, and I get paid for that, too. I can work at uh, the adoption agency where we uh, adopted Jackson and give back and, and help other families. And I get paid for that, too. And again, my job is great. I have a nice office, an amazing supervisor. Um, it's There's a lot of purpose in what I do. And But when I get in front of those groups that are, are clearly texting, clearly dead asleep in front of me, or just complaining about the size of the cups and the Kit Kat bars, I, I feel like a hoe. So I'm asking you, what is your passion? How can you unlock it? Would morning pages be the answer for you? And again, I don't know if I do them in the morning. I can't lie. They're late morning, early afternoon pages, maybe. I want to be I want to be that guy that sits on the front porch with a coffee and his his journal and his pen while the others are asleep. But Right now, it's more of a drooling into my CPAP mask, hearing my kids screaming, not thinking about journaling. But in journaling could come, what, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? Uh, and then the artist date. So this is my, I'm encouraging you to think about what is your equivalent of uh, lying back and or closing your eyes and thinking of England? Do you have to sort of uh, go to a different place in your head sometimes when you're working because it's just like, oh, man, this is not for fucking me? Or are you living your passion? Are you doing what you're passionate about? Uh, I hope that you are. I do. But these, this book is really sort of helping me learn uh, how to find a balance. Because, again, maybe the, the money that we get to support ourselves and our families is going to come from a job, a job that we're not like, you know, jumping out of our seat to go to. Some people get that, but not everybody does. Maybe you can do things you're passionate about on the outside, or maybe you can find the passion in the work you already do. That's what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to breathe some life, some new life into a job I've been doing for about 20 years, 20 years working uh, in the field that I'm in. So what is that field, you ask yourself? I work with people with developmental disabilities, and currently I'm uh, a training director at a small non-for-profit agency. 
So that's what I do. In case you wondered, is is he a sex worker? <laughs> uh, no, no. But some days I feel like, yeah, I'm just getting banged for a buck here. I worked at Disney for about five years. And when I returned, I lived at home for about a week or two before my best friend Alicia and I got uh, an apartment together. And I was literally home one day. My bags were still all packed. All my belongings were in the garage. And my dad said to me, you really need to start looking for a job. And I was aware of that. And then he said to me, uh, you know, they're looking for a manager at the honey baked. (laughs) I can't even say it. They're looking for a manager at the honey baked ham factory on Niagara Falls Boulevard. And I looked my father in the eye and said, "Do, do you even know me? Do you even know who I am? I just came from working at the most magical, the happiest place on earth. Do I look like I'm going to be a good manager at a honey-baked ham factory? And my dad said, I don't think you have the right to be choosy right now. And I was like, Ooh, well, he's kind of right. Like, I have no job. I'm in my late 20s. I'm living at home. I'm going to have rent to pay. And maybe I should be a manager at a honey-baked ham factory. This is no slam against managers at honey-baked ham factories, but I really would not last long in such a setting. Let, let it be known. Let the word be spread. But I remember thinking, like, my dad's generation comes from, you're not supposed to love your job. You, this is, hard work is hard work. And, you know, I'm from that more dreamy, uh, I don't know if it's a Gen X thing or if it's uh, uh, even later generations where you're, you're wanting to contribute to the world and, and you're wanting to make a difference and you want to see what you do pay off. That's one of the things I like so much about being a volunteer at Make-A-Wish. You help someone's dream come true, and then their dream comes true. Their, their wish comes true, comes to fruition, and then there's photos of it. It's put into a nice little package, and it's done. And uh, so volunteering at Make-A-Wish is something that really helped. I'm very passionate about that as well. Uh, I think that not all of life is like that. I can go in and train a group of people and then never know how their careers go or never know if they quit the job thinking I didn't get great training or if they loved the training, but the job wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Uh, I, I like to see some results like, hey, you spent eight to 10 hours doing this today or you just spent 20 years doing this and here are the fruits of your labor. And I don't know if that's accurate either. So remember, I'm the teacher and you are in my class. And so here. I have three uh, homework assignments for you. One is to really get a pen and paper and think about what you're passionate about and how would we define passion. Passionate is something that, again, you could spend eight hours doing and it feels like no time has passed. You didn't have to eat. You didn't get up to go to the bathroom. You just are so involved in something that, you know, hours just passed and you didn't even realize it. You love it that much and you could get up and do it again the next day. Something that you uh, use hand gestures when you're talking about, uh, that you sit forward in your seat, that you raise your eyebrows really high when you're talking. Maybe you even have, you produce spittle when you talk about it. You're so impassioned. Passions. So what are you passionate about? And if that's not your job, your your nine to fiver that you make your money that you live off of, what, how can you do it uh, on the side? Or could you? Could you do it? as a job? Could you switch careers? What am I doing here? Am I telling you to switch careers? I don't think so. But what can you do that you're passionate about, even even as a side gig, as a side hustle? 
And then, so that's your first homework assignment. Your second homework assignment is to check out the artist's way. Read a little bit about it, and it might be for you. Maybe it's time you unlock your creativity. What limitations have you set for yourself that are stopping you from being that dancer, singer, actor that you know you can be? (laughs) Like that's everyone's dream, right? And then the third thing, which is completely unrelated, is to tune in to pose, P-O-S-E, pose, like strike a pose on FX. It's on Sunday nights, I think at nine or 10, and it is about the drag balls of the mid to late 80s, early 90s. And this is the culture where Madonna, some say stole, voguing from, and, um, it's incredible. It has uh, really talented, talented performers. I quarrel with some of the acting, but uh, in general, I really love the cast, even the ones that aren't the best actors, because I just love them. Uh, uh, Ryan Murphy, who's uh, done American Horror Story, American Crime Story, Feud, which I lived for, uh, is also producing Pose and has cast many, uh, if not all, transgendered actors to play transgendered people, which is pretty unheard of. But the music is just phenomenal. If you go onto Spotify and type in Pose, you can get all the music from Pose. Some some Sheila E., some Swing Out Sister, some some Cheryl Lynn. Remember that song? To be real, got to be real, got to be real. Yeah, so I realize not all of you listening to my podcast are flaming gay men like myself, but Pose uh, Pose is really for everyone. And so check it out on Spotify. You can listen to the music. Check out, I think we're four or five episodes in. Billy Porter plays uh, the person who sort of narrates and controls the drag balls named Pray Tell, honey. And Billy Porter, honey, can sing. And this in this last episode, he sings uh, twice. And tear to a glass eye. I'm telling you, this would bring a tear to a glass eye. It's so fucking good. So tune into Pose. If you've never heard of these drag balls uh, that happened in New York City in the 80s, this is a whole new it's a whole new scene for you, man. Check it out. So that's your homework. What are you passionate about? Check out the artist's way or grab your old dusty copy and check out Pose. I'm passionate about Pose. And, you know, once in a while, honey, you got to, when you hear him coming, you got to lie down, spread your legs, and think of England. So keep that in mind. Life isn't always uh, full of passions, but hopefully most of the time it can be. So stay cool, have a really great weekend, and we will catch up next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.